Listen up, get ready, I'm not gonna take no more There's a revolution, a revelation going on in my soul Buckle up, get ready, we're not gonna sit back Hello all you friends, you neighbors, you family, you citizens of the world I'm Michael James, I'm here in Chicago And I'm bringing you another edition of the Live from the Heartland show This one is for the week of October 22nd uh, it's during the era of the pandemic still, uh, and we want you to encourage people to start wearing their masks again in a lot of places. Um, this is actually number 123 of our Zoom uh, Heartland from Home or Heartland at Home that have been recorded since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, a little information, we are recording this on Wednesday the 19th. Um, so we now have the most up-to-date news, but we do have a number of interesting things to share. And we will have two guests. We're gonna have Pat Hanlon, who is a lawyer who's been involved with uh, the Dakota Access Pipeline cases, et cetera. And Bill Page, a longtime Rogers Parker, now living in Thailand, back here on a visit, gonna share his thoughts, his observations. So we'd like to start off with some good things. And for me, in the last week, I, uh, I had two old friends that gave nice talks that I got to hear. The first was Flint Taylor uh, from the People's Law Office talking to my class, my DePaul activism class, uh, last Thursday. And he filled uh, all the students in and reminded me about the, the horrific events around the assassination of Fred Hampton and Mark Clark and the Black Panther Party. Uh, he talked a little bit about his book, The Torture Machine, which is about John Burge and police torture of numerous people here in Chicago. And then we're going to have, uh, then I actually went to the book signing for Helen Schiller. Uh, her new book uh, from Haymarket is called Daring to Struggle, uh, Daring to Win. And there were about 100 people there from the Intercommunal Survival Committee, Congressman Chewy Garcia was there. Uh, a lot of activists were there, a lot of old-time friends. It was a great event, and it's really a good book. And we did have Helen on the Live from the Heartland show back on August 27th of this year. So if you want to hear her talking about it, go to youtube.com slash heartlandmedia, and then uh, type in Helen Schiller, and it will come up, I believe. A little bit around the world. Um, uh, a couple of weeks back, we had Brian Meir down in Brazil talking about the election in uh, Brazil coming up. And um, I looked today, I asked him to send me an update and I didn't get that yet, but I did find online from yesterday in Reuters, Brazilian presidential candidate Luiz Ignacio Lula de Silva saw his lead over the incumbent president, Jair Bolsonaro, slightly drop ahead of the October 30th runoff vote. Um, and let me see, on Monday, Lula's support reached 50% versus 43% for Bolsonaro. It was 51 to 42, so it changed by one point. We'll see what happens. Um, on another front, on a real serious note, I wanna call your attention to the crisis in Brazil. I heard a a really detailed report on severe hunger in Haiti. I was on NPR this week. Uh, you know, Katie's been hit by earthquakes, hurricanes, gangs, hunger, and now cholera. So 
pay attention to it because uh, we hear a lot about the Ukraine and the support for the Ukraine struggles around the world. Uh, but uh, Haiti always seems to get run over, undermined, forgotten. And um, remember, they did have a president, an ex-priest named Aristide, who the U.S. didn't take kindly to. And the U.S. has not been good on Haiti for a long time. Um, sometimes we have an in memoriam, but I'm really glad to say none of my friends that have passed that I know about in the last week. Um, We've, uh, we like to cover what's going on in union organizing, and there was a union election for Amazon uh, upstate New York, and they lost that. So far, the union has won one. Uh, Amazon has won two, and uh, there is one that is too close to the call, and we'll keep you filled in. On the sports front, uh, we're looking forward to the Bulls start this week. Uh, we're sorry to hear that Zach Levine, who has a big contract and is a key member of the team, is not playing at least in the first two games. We'll see how that goes. And I did, one of my favorite players on the White Sox was Jose Abreu. Uh, you know, he was one of four starting Cubans on the Sox team this year. And while we fell out at the end, uh, we had some good shots at it. Jose Abreu did not play the last game, and there's a lot of talk about him not coming back to the Sox, where he said he wanted to return to. Uh, and I did find that the Cubs are interested in Abreu. Uh, that would be interesting, rooting for the Cubs because of Abreu. But I do root for the Cubs when they're not playing the White Sox. Okay. Um, on this day in history, this day being the day this show is broadcast on WLUW 88.7 and WLUW.org for streaming on the Saturday the 22nd. In that day in history, in 1962, President John F. Kennedy alerted Americans to the Cuban Missile Crisis, declaring a naval blockade to prevent further missile shipments to the island country 90 miles off the coast. And those shipments were coming from uh, the old Soviet Union. Uh, a reefer report. Um, uh, as you, many of you know, uh, President Biden has asked uh, the state governors to uh, pardon all the people with uh, misdemeanor uh, drug charges. Uh, he's done that on a federal level, but according to the Indianapolis Star, Governor Eric Holcomb said he won't issue a blanket pardons for those with state-level charges of possession of marijuana, despite President Joe Biden's request for the governors to do so. And uh, just a little bit more on the Reaper report, I saw this, Jackson County, Oregon. A truck pulling a cargo trailer drew the suspicions of police in Southern Oregon after the driver reportedly committed several traffic violations. An Oregon State Police trooper pulled over the driver on State Route 62 near Eagle Point about three in the afternoon on October 12th. He consented to it, the driver consented to a search which uncovered approximately 350 garbage bags of dried processed marijuana weighing just shy of 9,000 pounds. Manuel Placencia, 30, from Turlock, California, was issued a criminal citation or more than one and released from custody. 
Apparently, Southern Oregon has been dealing with an overwhelming number of illegal marijuana grows over the past few years. It is a state that does have, I believe, uh, legal marijuana. And uh, here in the 49th Ward, there's a lot going on. Uh, those of you who listen to the show regularly know that Maria Haddon, our alderwoman, uh, gave a very detailed report last week. And you can find that if you go to youtube.com slash Heartland Media and uh, go to last week's show or type in Maria Haddon's name. And um, I think that will be it for our little roundup of information. And we will take a short break. Uh, music or otherwise, and we'll be right back with our first guest. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned here on the left end of your dial. And if you miss it any time on a Saturday morning, go to youtube.com slash heartlandmedia slash videos. Okay, Michael James here in Chicago. Be right back. Welcome back to the Live from the Heartland show for the week of October 22nd in the year 2022. And we're about to bring on our next guest, Pat Hanlon, who is a longtime progressive lawyer. Uh, she was on this show not too long ago, but I was not able to find the exact date. Um, but she talked a lot about the Dakota Access Pipeline and the protests that were going on around it. Um, and... Uh, I asked her to come back and talk about where that is all at, the Dakota Access Pipeline and Native American treaties and Native American water rights, Native water protectors. Uh, let me just give you a little background on the Ac Dakota Access Pipeline. It uh, started in early 2016 as a grassroots opposition to the construction of Energy Transfer Partners Dakota Access Pipeline in the northern U.S., the pipeline runs from the Bakken oil fields in western North Dakota to southern Illinois, crossing beneath the Missouri and the Mississippi rivers, as well as under parts of Lake Oahe near the Standing Rock Indian Reservation. Many members of the Standing Rock tribe and surrounding communities consider the pipeline to be a serious threat to the region's water. The construction also directly threatens ancient, ancient burial grounds and cultural sites of historic importance. With that background, let me bring on the one, the only, Pat Hanlon, and good morning to you, Pat. Good morning, Michael. How are you doing? I'm good. It's good to have you back on the show. I've been bugging you for a while, and you said yes. you're ready. So yes. uh, give us a little overview on your involvement with the Dakota Access Pipeline and where things stand with that now. And then okay. we'll broaden the conversation to... Uh, Native American rights, protecting water, other pipelines, and bringing it all back here, Lake Michigan, et cetera. Oh, yeah. Well, the um, I ended up involved because I went to Standing Rock. I When the camp, it was called Ocheti Shakowin, um, the seven council fires, the camp protesting against the Dakota Access Pipeline. Um, and I went and volunteered in the legal tent. And um, then after that, I volunteered as a, one of 32 lawyers to represent over 800 water protectors, 
primarily indigenous water protectors arrested protesting that pipeline. And those cases went on for like, from like 2016 to 2019, there are still some civil lawsuits pending against, you know, for the brutality, the law enforcement was incredibly brutal um, to water protectors there. Um, the pipeline was constructed with a permit from the Army Corps of Engineers that a federal judge in Washington, D.C. said was done improperly, that they didn't consider everything they the Army Corps of Engineers should have considered. They have jurisdiction of the pipeline going under the Missouri River. It goes under the Missouri, a, a mile from the Standing Rock Sioux Reservation where they get their water. And um, it impacts other reservations also there. And um, I mean, the water access from that river, um, actually millions of people get their water from that river. But um, uh, so the, the court determined that the permit was illegal, was void, ordered the pipeline to shut down, but the appellate court allowed the pipeline to continue operating and ordered the Army Corps of Engineers to review whether or not it should have allowed the permit. And that's happening now. Um, they're reviewing that all these years later, still operating. Um, but yeah, so that was Energy Transfer Partners. Um, also, what and coming bringing it back to home, um, there's another pipeline. Actually, the I think it's the original pipeline um, by a company called Enbridge, which is a Canadian company. And um, when I was on last, we talked about Line Three. I think Line yeah. Three is in northern Minnesota, and their water water protectors went there too. Let in indigenous-led protests. Um, I represented some water protectors from Chicago along with a couple of other lawyers here. And, um, you know, these great, wonderful, courageous young people who are, you know, putting their bodies on the line. I mean, you know, attaching themselves to construction equipment, risking jail um, to, to take a stand in, in support of indigenous rights and water. I mean, all of our survival really, I mean, we're like, we're racing the clock here with climate change. Um, so Enbridge is a Canadian Matthew, company. Before we go to Enbridge, let me ask you a couple more things about the code access. Okay. Wasn't the original line, if it had gone, it had been a different route, it would oh, have uh, gone through um, some other big town, Bismarck. Bismarck. And um, yeah, they, exactly. they changed it so it wouldn't go through Bismarck. So they were yes. protected a largely white population at yes. the expense of native people who historically lived in that area. Exactly. And the, and, it, and it's it goes through what's called ceded territory. I'm sorry, unceded territory, territory that actually was never treated to the federal government that it's been recognized in case law that that land still really does belong to the stand the Sioux the Standing Rock Sioux tribe traditionally called the Lakota 
Um, but anyway, um, so it went through like, um, you know, sacred territory and just literally destroyed some um, important places um, because constructing a pipeline is, you know, it's wide and deep and um, can do a lot of damage. Um, so yes, you are correct. Yeah. That, yeah. That the has, original. Has the new Secretary of the Interior, who is a Native person, has she been involved in any of this? Is she helpful in any way? Um, um, oh, she's done some remarkable things. I, I cannot say, I don't think her jurisdiction really impacts the permitting for pipelines. That's more our neighbor, Pete Buttigieg, you know, and the and the president yeah. and the local state um, departments of natural resources and the federal army corps of engineers. Um, so those are, um, the president has um, jurisdiction um, because he there there's a presidential permit required for pipelines to cross the border with Canada. Um, and so that's necessary. But other than that, like in North Dakota, um, it was the Department of Natural Resources or other permitting bodies and the Army Corps of Engineers. One last thing. Uh, well, two things. Yeah. I, I want to ask you, um, I had heard something about a pipeline got stopped. Were there any decisions around uh, Dakota access about stopping it? It's running full tilt now? It is, but it shouldn't be. Um, yeah. A judge did order it to shut down a federal district judge in DC, but the federal appellate court yeah. said he, he was right that the that it's operating without a proper permit, that the permit was invalid because the Army Corps of Engineers didn't do their proper um, uh, evaluation of whether it should, uh, it should go under the Missouri River, but the appellate court allowed it to continue. Uh, one other thing. And about, so did the Army Corps of Engineers. One other thing was that you talked about the brutality. And I remember you want to just talk a little more about the way people were treated. And uh, we'll sum oh. up the Dakota access if you think there's any hope for reversing the decision or it's kind of going to be a done deal now. No, I don't I don't think it's a done deal um, <clears throat> at all. But unfortunately, I don't think the Army Corps of Engineers is any more um, careful in how they analyze things or, I, you know, I, I really disagreed, as did obviously the federal judge with the, this, their decision to begin with, but, and the quality of it, the, um, the substance, but um, it's not a done deal there's the potential for litigation. And I forgot the second part of your question. Oh, the brutality. Oh, just, uh, any, oh yeah, uh, they were they were just horrendous, horrendous to people. They, you know, they they arrested, I said over 800, like 824 people. Um, they, they would make people strip down to one layer of clothing in the buses. They'd transport them in really bitter cold weather hours away to remote jails in North Dakota. They'd, they had people in, they had dog kennels in the basement of the jail in Morton County, North Dakota, where they would put people. 
um, you know, they, they would, you know, there's a guy who, I mean, they, they broke phones. They, um, di they didn't kill anybody miraculously, fortunately, but they did do some pretty serious damage to people. Okay. Well, you'll, we'll have you Is back on if there's any change in that situation. Um, okay. Let's come home but to yeah, the Midwest here home. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We need there to. Is a, there is an article, let me just tell you, okay. in the Tribune on the 16th by Titania uh, Turnham, Turnham. And it basically says, um, it talks about Enbridge and it talks about uh, the, the, the big project that they want to do where they bring their pipelines under both Great Lakes and the Mississippi. And, uh, you know, 60 million people get their drinking water from uh, the, all of these uh, waterways and the lakes. Um, and any oil spill would be really terrible. So was, give us the story on okay. Enbridge, and then we'll end up telling you about all the people who were involved at this meeting in Evanston recently to bring people's attention to Enbridge. That's great. That's great that people are doing that. So Enbridge is a Canadian company. Um, they bring oil from Alberta, Canada, what's called the tar sands. That is the dirtiest oil on the planet. The highest concentration of carbon emissions come from that oil. And they actually started the pipelines that are in northern Minnesota. They go through uh, Wisconsin um, to the shores of Lake Superior, and they go under the Straits of Mackinac, which is where Lake Michigan and Lake Huron meet. Um, it's a very unique place. Um, it's a, um, so I, I, I did a little research and the more research I did, the matter I got that they even want to do this. <laughs> they, the, so the pipelines are like Michigan gave a permit for the line five um, in 1953. So these are old, old yeah. More dangerous. The one, the one that goes under the Straits of Mackinac now, there are two, one, it like splits in two. It, four miles of it is exposed. And there have been two incidents recently in the last few years where um, it was probably a um, something hanging from a barge, either not the pipeline itself or a structure holding it that could have resulted in a spill. And but for you know, Providence would have. And so the problem with the Straits of Mackinac is that it's a complex system of um, currents really forceful currents um, that uh, I'm looking, it's there. So the National o Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration has a, um, a Great Lakes, it, uh, it's called GERL, I forgot what the E stands for. Anyway, a Great Lakes study um, lab that says the complex, unique and fast moving currents would cause materials in the water to disperse more quickly than in other locations in the Great Lakes. And, you know, that's an area where that that's sacred 
to the Anishinaabe who are in, who it's a tribe from time immemorial or a, a more than one tribe in um, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan. And the, there's a, a, the leaders, there are 12 federally recognized tribal nations of Michigan. Um, they're, they make up the Three Fires Confederacy of the Ojibwe, Ottawa, and Potawatomi, which is a familiar name for Chicago, are all familiar names for Chicagoans. Um, they sent a letter on November 4th, 2021 to Biden asking him to assist in decommissioning Line 5. And the Bay Mills Indian community, which is in Northern Michigan, which is a part of one of the signers of that letter, um, along with a, an a legal organization called the Native American Rights Fund, which has been in existence since 1970, and Earth Justice are fighting against Enbridge on line five in court. So, and you know, it's, it's pretty well recognized how old that pipeline is. And the governor of Michigan ordered, uh, rescinded the, per, the um, permit. The current for, governor, the Democrat, the governor, Whitmer. Whitmer, Gretchen Whitmer in um, uh, 2020, I believe, 2021, she terminated the easement. So they're operating just like the Dakota Access Pipeline is operating, these Enbridge is operating without a permit, without a proper easement. She ordered, then, then the, the um, Attorney General of Michigan went to court and in June of 2020, even before the governor terminated the easement, um, she got a, a, an order from the court ordering Enbridge to shut down line five and they've refused to do it. Um, and the Bay Mills Indian community, which is one of the signers of that letter um, to the president, they um, have also in, um, issued an order ordering, barring the um, Enbridge from being on their territory. And they have, they have rights to hunt and fish on, which includes under the Straits of Mackinac. So they have what's called, well, I can't even say this, use usurfructory rights, which is a legal term, meaning <laughs> that it's a property right um, that stems from the treaty of 1836, giving them the right to continue to hunt and fish under the Strait in the Straits of Mackinac. And and so a spill, so what Enbridge wants to do is they wanna put a tunnel. They wanna put a pipeline in a tunnel under the Straits of Mackinac, the place with the intense current that would spread any spill far and wide, Michigan and Huron, the, the Great Lakes flow into each other. So the, um, so it's, a, it's, an, it's never been done before. It's experimental on their part. They obviously don't care about our drinking water. We get our drinking water. And, um, and they also don't care about, it's like a crucial waterway for commerce. In addition to being commercial and subsistence fishing and hunting for the tribes, um, which is, and also sacred, um, cultural and historical import to the tribes. 
um, they, they obviously don't care. Um, and so they are wanting to put a pipeline in a tunnel under the Straits of Mackinac, which um, in the Michigan uh, hearing, a, I wanna read to you what this expert said. Um, you are listening to the Live from the Heartland show on WLUW 88.7 every Saturday morning. And we're talking with Pat Hanlon about uh, pipelines and Indian rights and treaties. Yeah. So a chemical engineer named Richard Kaprizik testified about the serious risk of an explosion in a proposed tunnel, underwater pipeline tunnel, where there would exist a volatile mix of fuel and ignition sources. And in we, the proposed Enbridge tunnel. And he and so the um what would be going through the pipeline is called dilbit. It's a diluted bitumen because the tar sands are so thick and dirty. Um, they have to mix it with things like naphtha, which is highly volatile, incredibly toxic in order to make it um, possible to make it flow through a pipeline. So we, so we have like a, a, a ridiculous mix of volatile chemicals, toxic chemicals, toxic oil, in a tunnel that an expert says if it, and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration say, if that thing blew, it would quickly move through Michigan, Lake Michigan and Lake, Hur Lake Huron and really destroy a lot of um, lakes, lakefront land where fishing is important. It could disrupt, you know, commerce on the lakes. So, and this is a company with a, a terrible history of spills. Since 19, so there's this thing called PHMSA, the Pipeline and Hazardous Safety Administ Materials Administration. It's, it's part of the Department of Transportation, the Federal Department of Transportation. And they keep track of pipeline spills. They regulate them. They have, it's a really detailed um, database that is very difficult to, um, unfortunately, access but you but you can access it so um, um well i think in, we got go ahead oh no i was just going to say that enbridge FIM, according to phimsa since 1986 enbridge has spilled almost seven and a half million gallons of diluted bitumen dilbit in the five state in in minnesota wisconsin illinois indiana and michigan well we don't like enbridge that much and, uh, you know, as I said at the beginning, Pat, uh, there was a meeting in Evanston and yeah. the article in the uh, Trib said the coalition hosting the event included 350 Chicago, Chicago Area Peace Action, Citizens Greener Evanston, Rise Up Chicago, Save Our Illinois Land, Extinction Rebellion and Rising Tide Chicago. And Catherine Bunton of the Chicago Area Peace Action said, the event's purpose was to fight to keep watersheds from being poisoned so present and future generations can live. So this is an it's ongoing right. struggle. It's yeah. probably uh, happening in places beyond Chicago in the United States, the Midwest, 
Uh, oh, yeah, attention. absolutely. And you are our expert on pipelines, and we will have you back. <laughs> okay. I'll Great be happy to, see to you, come Pat. back. You too, Michael. Thanks a lot care. for coming on. You're welcome. You are listening to the Live from the Heartland show for the week of uh, October 22nd. And we're going to take a short musical break. And we'll be right back with our next guest, Bill Page, a former Rogers Parker, living in Thailand, but visiting back here in the States. We're going to hear what he has to say about anything and everything. Be right back here on the left end of your dial. This is Michael James, and we're back with more live from the heartland here on the left end of your dial, broadcasting on Saturday morning, the 22nd of October on WLUW 88.7, streaming on WLUW.org. And we're going to bring on a, a, a pal of ours who uh, used to be on our radio show more often. Uh, he's always been a fighter for freedom of the press and civil liberties. I first knew him when he worked for Playboy magazine, and then he went <laughs> off to be a teacher at Oakton Community College, where he is now visiting from Thailand in the Black Room, the Black Box Theater Room Black Box at Theater. Oakton. Good morning to you, Bill. <laughs> How you doing, Michael? Good to see you. Good to see you. And it's good to be in here. You know, the last thing I did in this theater was just before I retired in 2010, and we did a very intimate uh, production of Fiddler on the Roof. Anybody that was fortunate enough to see it knows that it was a, a special moment and we had a great cast. We had a great, uh, I was I was in the band part of the time playing mandolin and then I was Mortka, the innkeeper uh, as in the, in the play itself. And I mean, I worked hard with a, a group of uh, older folks like myself and then all the young kids who that were in the theater department here at Oakton. And it was just a great experience. So uh, to come back and see some old friends and walk these halls, you know, it's kind of it's not where I graduated from, but uh, I was happy to work here and make uh, and make Oakton a, 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 a household name. Well, before you were teaching at Oakton um, or after you taught at Oakland, you retired, as you mentioned, and you went to Thailand. Uh, and we did have you on the show talking about uh, demonstrations and the politics in Thailand. Um, I'd like to just have you talk a little bit about why you moved to Thailand. Uh, and then uh, you, we could talk about Thailand in a little bit, and then we'll come back to the States where you are on a kind of a homecoming vacation tour. Uh, you've been here in Chicago. You've been in Austin, Texas. And I don't know where else you're going, but we'll see what you have to say about what you've seen. So start off with going to Thailand, why, what it's like, and then what brings you back here. So after I retired, I did move. I moved to Texas for uh, for about seven or eight years, and I uh, forgot that almost <laughs> started a little started a little project farm, and uh, I gave it a good go. And but I realized that uh, uh, farming was maybe not for me permanently as a lifestyle. So uh, changes were made, and one of my options was uh, a friend of mine had invited me to Thailand. To uh, to be in a band to play music, and to uh, to just hang out in the on the beaches and enjoy the warm weather and the good food, 
and uh, bring my guitar and play some music. So that's what I decided to do. I uh, decided to give that a year, and that was coming up on five years ago. So uh, things have been going good. I get to, uh, you know, COVID messed up Thailand, just like every other place in the world. Uh, the, the statistic I like to quote to people while I'm here is that in 2017, Thailand had, uh, had 40 million tourists, uh, 40 million visitors. And this year, we're going to have about 4 million. So it's really decimated the tourism business. Uh, and that's been unfortunate, but it's going to come back because the country's too beautiful. The people are too nice. And there's like five really distinct regions in the country to go visit. So whatever your interest, if it's athletic, if it's sightseeing, if it's temples, if it's elephants, if it's uh, uh, sports and mountain climbing or whatever you want to do, you can find it in this country. And uh, I'd encourage anybody to, you know, to come on over and give it a try. Well, one of the things you've been doing over there, and you've even done it while you've been back here on this visit, is playing music. And I'm, I'm wondering if, uh, tell us a little bit what that's like, who you play with. Are they uh, other expats or are you embedded now in the uh, Thai community and meeting Thai musicians? Talk a little bit about all that. So it's all of that. I uh, I <clears throat> I play solo sometimes, and sometimes I play with a a, a a Danish bass player. And then when we have a full band, we add a Thai guitarist and a Thai drummer to our band. So it's truly international. And there's all kinds of international musicians there from the UK and Australia, Europe, uh, Scandinavia, every place, all different. You know mostly retired you know guys who who maybe played music as a hobby or who maybe who played music as, as a uh, as a profession but they still want to keep doing it as musicians are wont to do and so they find we all find opportunities to uh, to jam together to jam separately uh, i'm lucky that i that i do play with thai people you know not every foreigner gets the gets a chance to kind of do that but uh, i've I made friends with Thai people and with other other Thai guitar players, players, and make an effort to learn the language, which a lot of expats don't bother to do sometimes, unfortunately. But uh, it all works out. And then, I and then I've had this uh, relationship for the last uh, uh, six or seven years with a an autistic uh, youth who lives in Texas in Austin, and during the pandemic lockdown we reconnected via zoom calls and started writing songs again together again and uh, he came up with this name joseph moon that he wanted to be his stage name and so we've got an album out as joseph moon now and uh we've got another one coming out next year that's all recorded and ready to go he writes all the lyrics and i put all the songs i put all the music together and then i take it to uh to this guy that I met, an expat in, in my town. His name is uh, Ian Nice. And his brother is Steve Harley of Steve Harley's Cockney Rebel. A lot of people will know Cockney Rebel as a, a big 70s, 80s, kind of a glam rock band from the UK. And so Ian played in Cockney Rebel for a long time. Then he was a studio musician in London for 20 years. And now he's got a little recording studio in Hua Hin, where I live. 
And he and his son, Ronnie, who is a, a, a multi-instrumentalist, a kind of a polymath, he plays every instrument, he does video recording, he does uh, uh, artwork, he does everything for, for everybody. And uh, he, he, he records, you know, he builds up the tracks. And so Joseph Moon is this interesting collaboration that we've got going uh, on the original music side. Well, now, I say, let me ask you, do you have, yeah, yeah. Uh, can you send an MP4 or MP3 of uh, some of the tunes from uh, Joseph Moon? Because we'll use it on the video version of this show or maybe even the audio version. Well, you know, anybody can go to josephmoon.com okay. and it's, it's M-O-O-N with three O's in moon. And it's all one word, josephmoon.com, moon with three O's. And the music all is right. all... The music is all there to stream or to download. You can buy a Frisbee. You can buy a baby onesie for your newborn. You can buy a T-shirt or a hat. We got a whole store. I got my whole blog up there where I where I blog about things that are going on uh, musically. Um, recently, I just wrote about two of my idols of Chicago music who passed away. Uh, Jimmy Sons from The Shadows at Night and Cliff Johnson from Off-Broadway. You know, those I wouldn't be making music. Uh, I wouldn't be making music today without those two guys as influences in my life as Chicago musicians, as role models. So, you know, those are the kinds of things you get to think about in retirement. And when you're when you got nothing else to think about, the brain, the brain gets to wander where it will go. Well, Bill Page, uh, what brought you back to the States uh, this time? Well, this is the little this is the little munchkin that uh, <laughs> that brought me back to the states. My son and my daughter-in-law had a had a baby uh, uh, not too long ago, six months ago. She just turned six months, so I figure I better meet my granddaughter. And uh, coinciding with that was my fiftieth high school reunion from Saint Viator High School in Arlington Heights, Illinois, where, <laughs> where Ted Nugent where Ted Nugent went to high school but did not graduate from. Did you know him? I uh no, but I you know, but we knew I knew Ma, I knew Ma Nugent, I knew Mary and his mother because she was a columnist for us at the Illinois Entertainer. Was she a right winger too? Uh no, no, she was. She probably doesn't understand what happened. We don't have to talk about that. Okay. Uh, okay so you, when you came back here, you you had a gig at the Montrose Saloon, which I missed. Yeah, I played. Uh, how's it I played been? It, yeah, that was that went great. It was really the first time. Uh, when when I had the Joseph Moon tracks made, I asked them if they would make me karaoke tracks as well. So they stripped the the vocals off of the tracks. So I sang along with the karaoke tracks and played acoustic guitar. And I had a good sound man at Montrose Saloon, and we made it work. We made it sound good. Uh, and then I hooked up with my partner Ronan in Austin, who's now 16 years old and is as tall as I am and more broad-shouldered than I am. He's working for the Beto campaign, by the way, so you know he's on the right side. Viva Beto. We love and, him. And uh, so we went out and we played the Dripping Springs Farmer's Market uh, Wednesday afternoon last week and made $100 selling CDs and tips. And then two nights later, we were invited to this place I used to play at called... Uh, the uh, Pedernales Falls Trading Post. And we went back there and did a couple of sets of music and made another $200. So 
my partner, my young autistic uh, songwriting partner was very happy about the week. And uh, I looked and now he wants to write a book about he, he wants to write a, a kind of a philosophical tome about uh, how cultural norms have harmed humanity's growth. So that's sort of his overarching theme. Wow. I'm like, well, Ronan, you got to think about this closely because you write songs which are pretty culturally oriented. So, you know, you don't want to bite the hand that feeds. So we're working on integrity of thought right now. Well, Bill Page, uh, I know you have a keen eye for things going on both culturally and politically. What has struck you while you've been back in the States? Well, um, I have to say the the sticker shock uh, of uh, inflation certainly is in five years is something that, you know, I went into <laughs> went into Jimmy John's and and bought a I shouldn't probably name us. Uh, it's OK. <laughs> uh, went into a sandwich store and uh, <laughs> and uh, or and uh, and ordered two sandwiches and a cookie and it was 30 bucks. That set me back a little bit. Wow. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know. I, I, looking, for, you know, coming back, nothing, coming back, things seem the same. A lot of it seems like an old soft shoe. Uh, but from afar, uh, we, you know, I, I get hit with the, I get hit with the, the, the divisiveness and with the, uh, the Supreme Court issues and the gun issues. And, you know, when I'm in a group of other, other international people, I was in a group the other night. It was pretty funny. And they were talking about what countries were making war with other countries. And someone looked at me and said, oh, you're American. You fight with everybody. And everybody, you know, got a laugh. But <laughs> that's kind of the vibe. So uh, uh, but but coming back, you know, coming back to to uh, to Chicago, to Skokie, where I grew up, the Splains, where I where I worked for a long time, uh, driving around. Things just look, you know, they look greener and and more grown up and built up and mature. I guess we can use that word. Uh, but uh, it, it, the 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 things that say the same are, you know, your old friends and your relationships and and the people that are, you know, glad to see you and, you know. Where Bill Bill Cage, where are you going to vote? Are you uh, going to vote absentee from Thailand? Are you going to vote in Texas? Going to vote in Illinois? If I if everywhere. I vote, if I get a chance to vote, I will I will vote in uh, in Illinois because that's where, you know, that's kind of where I'm registered for everything. Well, you can actually do that now. I mean, early voting has started happening. Um, a word to the wise. Yeah, we need voting. And we uh, I want to make a plug here for my uh, sometimes co-host and co-producer, Katie Hogan, who was on recently. And she is uh, out in the. The rural areas, uh, suburban areas, she's got a team of people working. What they need is many volunteers as we can get in the next uh, two weeks to help turn out the vote. So you can email Katie at katyhogan70 at gmail.com. Well, Bill, why do you, why do, why do you suspect things? Why do you suspect things are so tight? Why is it? Why is it so close? Why is it even? A, why is it even close? I don't I don't know. I don't get it. And they even say the, you know, there's the headline on all the news places will make you nuts if you watch them. But the headline was uh, the Democrats seem to have an edge a couple of weeks ago. It's sort of slipping a little bit. Um, you know, I I have a feeling that a lot of the polls 
are not really accurate. I don't think they're getting to a lot of young people. Um, we, I can only hope that America is not as backward as we uh, have been oftentimes lately. You well, know, it's, uh, you know, every, hey, look, uh, one of the things I've, I've learned living in, the, in, a, in a Buddhist country uh, is, you know, that uh, every relationship has, a, has, a, has an arc, you know, there's a beginning and a middle and an end to everything so you know uh, you're just we're just kind of arcing in a different in a different way right now and it'll you know nothing stays the same too long i do a song called by stephen bruton nothing stays the same but the changes and changes happen in every day so well, that's true it certainly is uh what changes are going on in thailand when you get back uh uh any elections they were had some demonstrations that were critical of uh i guess the king and, well, uh, you, so first of all, you cannot be critical of the king. That will put you in jail okay. right away. They have, and they have this law called less majest. Maybe which, they pretended to be someone else. <laughs> less less majest uh, forbids you from even criticizing the law that protects the king. So it's a you know that's all that's all done and said. But the prime minister, there was a little bit of a, a, a you know controversy recently about did he take over at the coup and was his eight years up or did he take over when they rewrote the constitution two years later and his and his and his term is up in two years so i guess the board just decided that he's got two more years and then they have to have some elections and they have to elect a new prime minister uh bill before i say goodbye to you for at least today um you wrote a book, uh, some of your writings from the back in the days when you were working for Playboy. What's the name of your book? Can you still get it? How do well, the, find it? Yeah, the, no, the book is all my rock interviews that I did for rock in uh, rock magazines uh, in the Midwest and, you know, uh, around the country back in back in the day. It's called Everything I Know I Learned from Rock Stars. And that's uh, that's available uh, at Eckhart's Press, uh, and it's also available on Amazon as a uh, as a Kindle for the low low price of two dollar and ninety nine cents. So, uh, and uh, and if anybody wants anybody gets in touch with me on the socials, I'll be glad to I'll be glad to send them a, a complimentary PDF. Well, no. give them your website. What is your website? Well, jo uh, josephmoon.com is where I get a lot of my messages. And uh, and I'm also I'm on Facebook as Bill Page. I'm on Instagram as Bill Page. I'm on uh, Twitter as Bill underscore Page, P-A-I-G-E. Not hard to find. That's enough of the Bill Pages. Is there Not anything, hard to find. Is there anything uh, that we didn't talk that you want to share in our closing seconds here? Well, no, I just uh, it's great to be back. It's great to see you. Great to hang out. Uh, I'm glad to. I'm glad to come back to legal cannabis in Illinois, and we just legalized cannabis in Thailand in June. So there's a whole lot of entrepreneurial things going on there. And as a matter of fact, I'm going. Uh, uh, I'm uh, looking forward to uh, to a meeting uh, with the uh, cannabis program uh, administrators here at Oakton Community College because they've got a two year degree program going that they just started a few years ago. And so I'm interested to find out about that and share some of my knowledge with them. Well, then we'll have you back on because we recently had a fellow from the Urban Gardens at Loyola where they uh, some of that project was initiated by uh, hemp seed growing, et cetera, et cetera. 
Okay, awesome. Bill, it's been great. And let me just say to all the listeners out there, you are listening to Live from the Heartland. We want to thank Bill Page for coming on to talk to us. We'll take a short musical break and we'll be right back with our closeout. Oh, is that beautiful. Is there something you're not telling me? You're not telling me. You're not telling me. What floats your boat? What floats your boat? It can be anything you want it to be. Only you can decide what floats your boat. Let me tell you what floats my boat. It's writing songs that change the just a little bit I said just a little bit Can you please tell me what floats your boat That's all I wanna know That's all I wanna know What floats your boat What floats your boat It can be anything you want it to be Only you can decide what so what? Is there something you're not telling me? You're not telling me, telling me. Is there something you're not telling me? It's up to enjoyed today's show we we're really glad to have pat hanlon talking about uh, pipelines and uh the potential threat of uh water being contaminated by broken pipelines under the mackinac straits and to have our friend bill page who's visiting back home here from his new home in thailand and we talked uh, all kind of things uh i want to let everyone know that while we're broadcast on youtube excuse me on wluw 88.7 or WLW.org on Saturdays at nine o'clock. You can always get the podcast or the video. Uh, the podcasts are at uh, Spotify and Google Podcasts under Live from the Heartland and at youtube.com slash heartlandmedia slash videos. You can get uh, hundreds of interviews and some of them are real good. We wanna thank everybody who makes this show possible. We want to thank Josie Stoller, the program director at WLUW. We want to thank everyone at WLUW, our home base, Loyola's uh, wonderful radio station. And of course, we want to thank Katie Hogan, Lynn Orman-Weiss, Tom Clark, Emilio Davis, and our new engineer and co-producer, Hal James. It's been great having you on. 
Okay, that's it for today's show. We'll be back next week. Uh, have a wonderful week. Keep doing good in the world because the world needs all the good that you do, that I do, that we do together. Over and out. All power to the people. Do you comb the sky wondering why you've been oh so blessed? Do you take it as a sign everything is fine and nothing less? Are you doing? Are you doing the best you can? Tell me, are you doing, doing, are you doing the best you can? Mm-hmm. When you're all alone, down at home, like a noble out of tune, do you keep on blowing, knowing you're gonna get it right soon? And if at the end of the day you got it going your way, everything is right on track. Do you thank the Lord and rest assured Ain't no turning back Are you doing Are you doing the best you can mm-hmm. Tell me are you doing Doing Are you doing the best you can mm-hmm. Over the mountain under the big blue sky You got a dream awaiting I can see it in your eye It may not come easy But you know you've got a friend I'll be by your side the entire ride Just let me hear you say amen Are you doing, doing Are you doing the best you can Tell me, are you doing, doing, are you doing the best you can? Mm-hmm. Too done, est-ce que too done, le meilleur de toi-même, parce que tu l'aimes. Too done, est-ce que too done, le meilleur de toi-même.